Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hour 2 Inside Sports is underway here on a busy, busy night for sure. The first of three busy nights on this radio station at this time of the night tomorrow. Brandon Ulrich will be hosting Inside Sports Friday. We got the NHL draft coverage with uh, Reed Wilkins, Bob Stoffer, and Jack Michaels down there in Chicago. And uh, we are joined right now by uh, Brendan Ulrich. Hey, Brendan. How's it going, Dave? This night's crazy, but it's, it's fun. fun. It's, yeah, it is. Fun, exciting. Oilers fans should be stoked. A lot going on right now. I mean, Vegas officially will be able to ice a team or at least have a roster that, can, yeah. that they can put on the ice when the season starts, so it's exciting. Yeah, we're still waiting to uh, see who the Oilers will lose. Reportedly, it is uh, defenseman Griffin Reinhardt, but just to update, uh, Carolina loses forward Connor Brickley and also sends a fifth-round pick to Vegas. Winnipeg also, uh, they lose Chris Thorborn, uh, who's a tough guy. I don't know if there's a pick involved there as well. And then uh, there's a whole bunch of things that are going on right now. Like uh, the Islanders just sent Mikhail Ber- Ber- uh, Grabowski uh, a couple of picks. Ah, we'll all figure this out a little bit later. Yeah, it's but a first rounder. That's basically all you need to mention. They get a first yeah. rounder from the Islanders, which I think is the fifth, 15th overall pick to take Grabowski's contract. So Vegas, to me, is knocking this out of the park, not with the rosters they're selecting today, mm-hmm. but with the chips they're they're putting in their back pocket for draft picks and younger prospects, and even even some trade trips, you know, with some veterans. And James Neal looks like he's been selected. Yep, from the Nashville Predators. That's an example of a trade tri- of, a, of a trade chip. Now on the uh, trade deadline next year, right? So, what what do you think of the job that George McPhee has done as far as you know stockpiling the cupboard for later? Well, he's done a great job so far, and we're still awaiting word on what the the Ducks are going to give, uh, you know, Vegas here for uh, them not to take Votnin and um, and Manson. So that will be a big piece going there as well. It sounds like it could be Shea Theodore from, uh, you know, from Anaheim, as Bob McKenzie reported earlier today. So that's a big piece to build around. All of a sudden, they have a really good young defensive prospect that can step in. And yeah. you mentioned James Neal as well, who can go there and score a bunch of goals, and then. Maybe you say, hey, we, we want to keep this guy here. Maybe he becomes a fan favorite. But at the same time, at the deadline, you say, hey, let's trade him for a first-round pick or something like that. Nice prospect. So McPhee's been uh, maneuvering, and uh, he basically has uh, worked over the whole NHL, it seems like, to, to get this thing done. <laughs> at the same time, the roster this season isn't going to be any good. No. Uh, he's passing a lot of good players to make things better for the future. Like, if you're looking at Anaheim, you'd say, hey, I'd love to have Vaughton in, but instead he works at a deal to get Theodore. For sure. Or if you look at some of these other teams, uh, 
the roster could have been a lot better, but at the same time, it doesn't matter. They want to be better in the future. So I don't think this season, the fans are going to show up. They're going to fall in love with this team early and say they make the playoffs for five or six years or just sneak in, yeah. whatever. Then the team, maybe, maybe the fans lose interest in Vegas. But if they suck the first year and are really, really good the following years by having all these young players to build around, that's where you hit the jackpot. Yeah, I think th- he's done that. This isn't about 2017-18 or even 2018-19. This is probably, you know, uh, you know beyond that. Uh, so again, uh, Connor Brickley selected from the Hurricanes, Chris Thorborn from the Jets, P- Pierre-Edward Balmar from the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, Jason Garrison from the Tampa Bay Lightning, and also uh, Derek England has just been selected from the Calgary Flames. So they're getting closer to, we're going to find out if it's going to be Griffin Reinhardt. Uh, Reed Wilkins was talking about losing Griffin Reinhardt that it probably isn't his opinion, not that big of a loss for the Oilers, being that they have a lot of depth in defensemen, their forward group maybe not so much, so you want to keep a Jujar Kara around who just re-signed last week. What, what's your take on it, if, if it is Griffin Reinhardt and, and, you know, and looks like it is? But. Yeah, I'd be shocked if it wasn't him. Um, for Ve- If I'm Griffin Reinhardt, I'm excited to go to Vegas, first of all. I yeah. think he has a chance to play there. And Edmonton, he's sort of uh, you know fallen down the depth chart here. And they have a lot of younger defensemen coming in the system in the farm, such as Ethan Bear. I mean, they have Ryan Mantha they signed out of college. Zayat uh, Pagan is another guy in the farm. So these are guys all of a sudden pushing Reinhardt for that spot. But at the same time, I think Reinhardt maybe would have been able to step in next season, especially with a player like Sekiro to start the year, and maybe he could have played here to start the season for the Oilers. But at the same time, he's a chance to go to Vegas now and maybe be a top-four guy there in the long run. Not right now, but he could play right off the bat. Uh, so from that scenario, you look at the Oilers roster right now, I think they could have used a guy like Griffin Reiner. So it is a little bit of a loss mm-hmm. because they, they don't have Sekiro. Uh, Russell's a UFA right now, and if they can't sign him, then who's going to, to play that second pairing minutes? Because yeah. that was their second pair last season to start Russell and Sekera, and Sekera's hurt. So can Benning and Nurse fill those minutes right off the bat? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And is Eric Riba coming back? Yeah, we don't know. Which you There's know, not a lot out there in the UFA market either. No. So. So it could be a busy summer trading as well if, if you're if you're Peter Shirelli. Who That's might, the thing. Now you yeah. can go out and look at maybe Vegas or some other teams and say, hey, there's a lot of D-man there. I can maybe move a pick or something to get a defenseman here. So that's another option. Yeah, that's another thing I didn't think about is, you know, another team coming in and then cutting into the free agent pool. The, the talent is going to get really thin real yeah. fast. So maybe you, you will see more trades around the league. Maybe this is this is what is going to be a catalyst for maybe – more trades. I don't know if it's going to be like a rash of trades now, but you know, maybe you get that one or two more deals that you get in the, uh, you know, uh, around the time, you know, maybe in that October to February period where teams are now willing to dangle a little bit more instead of going, I, I, yeah, no, no, thank you, no, thank you. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, speaking of GMs and trading, uh, P- Peter Shrelly's nominated for GM of the year. Uh, Tom McClellan's nominated for coach of the year. Don't know if either or going to win those respective awards. Connor McDavid's having a good night already. He's got the Art Ross Trophy in the bag. He's got the Ted Lindsay Award for uh, Most Outstanding Player in the League, voted on by the players. He's got the Hart Trophy coming up, which I would think he'd win. Vegas has him as the favorite. They're in Vegas. Why wouldn't he? (laughs) In terms of the betting odds. And what are the lineups going to be at your local electronics store for NHL 18, baby? Yeah. Connor McDavid's on the cover. Just I wanted to hit one more thing on Shrelly here. Sure, go ahead. Uh, just in in terms of the D, I wouldn't 
I would be surprised if Charlotte doesn't already have a backup plan, knowing that he already lost Reinhardt. Like, he yeah. knew he was probably going, so he probably has a backup plan in the back of his mind already. Maybe it's Russell or someone else, and he says, okay, we can fill that spot. But yes, the cover athlete. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> I love playing NHL. I thought he should run the cover last season. Then with Pavelski, I was like, come on. Maybe that's just to, to attract more Americans to play the game. I thought maybe this year they were going to pass over McDavid again to go with Austin Matthews yeah. because he's an American. I was thinking, okay, that's how you sell the game in America, although he plays for Toronto, but still. But yeah, right choice for Connor McDavid. The cover looks sweet. I can't wait to get my hands on that game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's just been a great year for Connor McDavid. It's just been a great year for Edmonton. It's been a great year for the Oilers. It's, you know, this time of year we're talking about, you know, traditionally for the last few years, you know, what, who are the Oilers going to pick with the number one pick, the number three pick, the number four pick, the whatever pick that they have, right? So the tone is so much better, Brendan. Yeah. It's well, great. Yeah, we expect the Oilers to be a Stanley Cup team next season. Yep. So, or a contender. I shouldn't say Stanley Cup team. I'm not saying they're going to win the West and go to the Cup, but they should be right in the mix. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, everyone's excited. Uh, there still is a lot of uh, movement to happen, though, for the Oilers, I think, this offseason. Nothing earth-shattering like last year when we're saying, okay, yeah. we need a defenseman. How are we going to get him? Like a top defenseman. I think yeah. now the Oilers are saying, okay, maybe we could add a second pair or a second pairing defenseman or a third pairing defenseman or a depth defenseman to sort of right. uh, fill round out the roster. Maybe a third liner or sign a Spencer Foo. So the dynamic has certainly changed. The roster, the core pieces are in place. Once Shirelli gets those contracts done for McDavid and Dry Settle, then it's like, okay, we'll we'll round out the roster with some other uh, you know, small moves, but some subtle moves that should help the, the team take that next step. So it's an exciting time. On the text line right now, there's a, a few few texters that are saying uh, in reference to what Reed Wilkins was talking about last hour that fans you better you better brace yourself for the Jordan Eberle trade which will come down at some point whether it's tomorrow whether it's Friday whether it's Saturday whether it's you know the week leading up to free agency you better be prepared for the return to be low and there's just some people on the text line unwilling to accept that. You need to have a 50-point caliber, 20-goal score caliber type player coming back. It's not going to happen. So what could the Oilers get for Jordan Eberle? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, I was hoping it would be someone like a Travis Hamonick, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think yeah. uh, that would be part of maybe a Matt Duchesne deal. I know Bob Stoffer said he thinks Islanders could get Duchesne and potentially an Everly. They want to do something big. They want to get both players. Now he's just sort of speculating when he says that, but right. it makes a lot of sense for the Islanders to go to make two big moves like that. So if we're looking at a, a swap with the Islanders, I would assume it would be a guy like Ryan Strom. I mean, that makes the most sense to me for, from the Islanders. He's a cheaper forward. Um, he would come here, uh, and it would save the Oilers. I think he makes, what, 2.5 for one more year, mm-hmm. something like that. So it would save the Oilers a bunch of money for compared sure. to Everly's $6 million uh, cap hit. And then you could use that money to bring in a defenseman or another forward. At the same time, though, you look at the right-wing depth chart, and you're like, okay, without Everly, that might be a little bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. Can Poliarvi step up next season? Can Slepashev play a bigger role? Because all those players combined, I think it's Slepashev, Kajula, and Poliarvi, they didn't reach 20 goals last season combined, whereas Everly did. Mm-hmm. So a 20-goal player is still valuable, but at the same time, it's all about salary. It's all about the salary cap. And the long-term picture here is we need to keep McDavid. We need to keep dry settle. We need to keep bringing in cheaper players so they don't need to blow it up every year like Chicago had to do when they kept winning the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Would it be a hard sell to bring Jordan Eberle back if that's the best thing it turns out for the organization? Because what if Shirelli sees that the offers 
for a trade and you know for Jordan Eberle. And he goes, well, it's worse than Ryan Strom, for example. Mm-hmm. Is it worth is it worth just keeping him and saying, okay, we'll figure this out at a later date, or is that a hard sell? Well, I think they could uh, they could wait one more year. Yeah. Um, the salary cap did go up two million. Right. Sekera's on long term IR to start the year, so that's five point five off the cap mm-hmm. right there. So you could potentially keep an Eberle, uh for one more year and say, hey, this is our roster. This gives us the best chance to win the Stanley Cup this season. We go all in. We keep Everly Nugent Hopkins. We go all in. Then in the summer, we then trade one of those guys. So that's mm-hmm. another option I think Shirelli thought about. But uh, we'll have to wait and see what he actually does here. I, I do still think Everly is going to get traded. So I bring up that scenario, yeah. thinking that likely won't happen. But I guess it could. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think it's going to happen as well because I just think the organization just wants to move on mm-hmm. from this, and plus they need to clear the clear the space as well. General Manager of the Year is being handed out right now. Uh, Peter Shirelli nominated along with Pierre Dorian of the Ottawa Senators who made it to the Final Four in the National Hockey Hockey League losing in the Eastern Conference Final to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then the National Predators, David Poyle, of course the Predators uh, pushing the Penguins to six games, losing in the Stanley Cup Final. So the uh, another Oiler nominated for an award which will be uh, handed out in mere seconds, Brendan Auric. So you may have to run you and think? Does he get it? be does busy he here. He does not get it. It is David oh. Poyle. David Poyle of the National Predators. So. See? Uh, okay, was... rant time. Well, go. go. I mean, Nashville, <laughs> I, know, I know they vote on this after the second round of the playoffs, but Nashville was the 16th place team to get into the playoffs. Right. I mean, the Oilers jumped up the standings from where they were a year, or they, they picked, what, Fourth overall last season, mm-hmm. and they jumped up to the eighth best team this season. Eighth over, like to me, that's a big improvement. So I think the GM has a big role in that. He made some big, big trades. I know Poyle made a big trade too. He traded Shea Weber, who was the face of that franchise, and it worked out because Subban was good for them. It worked out for many years. Yeah, Subban is going to be better longer than Weber. But I just look at what Trelly did. I mean, that Larson for Hall trade was huge. Yep. Signed Lucic. I mean, brought in Kajula. Brought in Matt Benning, who stepped in right away and played. Um, Pat Maroon the year before. Yeah, I guess that doesn't go into. Well, this, yeah, that doesn't go into the, the awards. I know, but, but still, yeah, still, I mean, let's, let's give him that kind one. of an impact, isn't it? So, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, Shirley I was. You. I would have went with Shirley, but David Poyle, you know, he made a big trade as well, and it worked for his team. So good for him. He's a great guy. I'm happy for him, but I think Shirley deserved it. They, they just showed a shot of Peter Shirley a close up, and the look on his face was kind of like, really? I'm still sitting here and I'm watching David Poyle up there. What? Huh? <laughs> Maybe that's not what he was thinking. That's what I would be thinking. He's uh, thinking about the trade freeze tomorrow. He's like, okay, I, what am I going to do? The trade freeze is lifted. He's, yeah, he's always thinking. Who do I want to trade Jordan Eberle for? I don't know. Do I like that too? Hey, Ryan Strom, <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Brandon, thanks for your time tonight. Hey, no worries, man. And uh, fun. C- keep it locked on 630Ched.com, okay? Cause, yes, uh, I will post the entire uh, Vegas roster once it's completed. Awesome. And once we know the Oilers pick, that'll be up as well. So, And uh, Reed Wilkins is working on the award side of things. So uh, keep it locked onto uh, 630Ched and also 630Ched.com. 7.20, back with more Inside Sports in a moment. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630Ched. 723, Callum Kennedy on the other side of the glass here tonight. Good evening, Dave. How are you? 
Oh, I know. <laughs> Peter Shirelli got... Uh, I, I don't want to use the oh, word hosed. Shirelli Sh- got, you know, or is, is the victim of Nashville getting lightning in a bottle and doing well during the playoffs. Right. What happened during a commercial break is total trash. John Tortorella has won the Jack Adams Award for Coach of the Year. John Tortorella, coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, beat out Todd McClellan of the Oilers and Mike Babcock of the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Columbus Blue Jackets, who, yes, won 16 games in a row, a in franchise November. record in November, and November. played pretty much 500 hockey after that. Who cares about November? <laughs> <laughs> you know what was going on last November? We, we, we were busy here watching the Oilers do well and watching the Eskimos kick butt in the playoffs until Lee's final, right? Yes, that's correct. But that was November 2016. Who cares? That's uh, it's supposed to be full season. It's a head-scratcher, in my opinion. So, like, you know, this, Stephen A. Smith said it best. That, 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 that is blasphemous. That is blasphemous. How wow. dare you? How dare you say such a thing? And that's how I felt throughout the day. And by the way, this has been fun tonight. Yes. The fact even though, even though throughout the day, and I love scoops. I'm in media. You know, I, I love hearing scoops and NHL insider, CFL insider stuff. Heck, I get some scoops sometimes, and I let you know about it mm. out there in the listenership of 630 Chat And but, a Twitterverse and wherever else. But the one day I don't want to hear scoops is this day about the expansion draft. Yeah, that too. Was, that, I was predisposed with other activities during the day so obviously i was away from twitter and that stuff but when i walked in you were telling me about all what was going on and what the expansion draft so i thought okay they named the roster roster earlier in the day or anything like that and then you were like well no they're naming it tonight i was like what do you mean how do you know all the names and that stuff and he's like well you've been seeing it on twitter all day because every insider and their dog is deciding let's let's reveal the picks so they've anyway. been wrong on a couple of them, haven't they? Uh, because they, they, have. they didn't get pickered from Colorado at all. No. Now here, here's something that I want to read here: a, a tweet from Corey Hirsch. Okay. Because we all thought it's, and it still might be Griffin Reinhardt that is going to Vegas. Right. We haven't Co- found out yet for sure. Cor- sure. Corey Hirsch tweeted, "Really surprised no one is talking about Golden Knights taking Oilers goaltender Laurent Brossois in the expansion draft." Wow. Mm. Wow. Mm. So now the Oilers selection hasn't come up yet, or the Vegas pick from the Oilers unprotected list hasn't come yet. So right. we'll see. So that gives you something to think about. Yeah, we're still waiting, folks. We're still yeah. waiting. They, they also yeah. aren't, they're also not naming the picks in order. They got like some sort of goofy order listed where it's like Chicago, Dallas, St. Louis, yeah. Washington, and then us. It's like, I don't get it. All right. We'll talk with uh, Kevin Carius after 7.30, plus uh, some Eskimo chatter as well. Uh, They're getting ready for the uh, season opener in Vancouver as well. That much more Inside Sports on 6.30, Chip. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30, Chip. Thank you, J.C. Reed Wilkins is in Chicago 
side of the 2017 NHL entry draft. You'll hear from Reed throughout the day tomorrow, including this show, which will be hosted by Brendan Ulrich, as I'll be heading to Vancouver for the Eskimos season opener against the BC Lions Saturday night. Catch it right here on 6.30. Chad, 6.30 is countdown to kickoff. 8 o'clock is the opening kickoff at BC Play Stadium. Uh, Craig Anderson has won the Bill Masterson Trophy, and uh, we all expected that was going to happen, of course, with the uh, uh, the the cancer fight with his wife Nicole and it sounds like things are going good now with uh, Nicole so that's good. Uh, Derek Ryan was nominated, former U of A Golden Bear. Also, uh, another Oiler tie or an Edmonton tie is Andrew Cogliano was nominated uh, for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, scoreboard update. So let's do this quickly. Uh, brought to you by Crystal Glass for all your glass needs. Visit crystalglass.ca. Blue Jays in action in Texas, and they are crushing the Rangers right now. Bottom of the fourth inning, 7-2 to two is the score. The Jays out in front. Expansion. Oh, uh, correction. Quick correction. Yes, Kellen. The order that I was talking about that was nonsensical and weird with the expansion draft, yeah. that is how the teams finished, so I apologize for that. 30-1, to one, I basically. just was not used to seeing that order, but I guess I yeah. better get used to seeing it and seeing the Oilers towards the bottom of the list in a good way because we're a good team. So Absolutely. There you go. So there you go. Worst to first is how the uh, Vegas Golden Knights are selecting the team. The Oilers, uh, their selection from the Oilers unprotected list is still coming. So uh, this fellow is usually here on uh, Wednesday nights, but uh, he's got his uh, first priority, which is his, you know, his day job, which is <laughs> presenting global sports at around 11.20 every night. Uh, that's Kevin Carey. This is my priority with you, Dave. There's no question in my mind. That's why I love you, brother. <laughs> I love you. Uh, uh, thanks for thanks for joining us on a busy night. It's been a fun night. It's been uh, it's been crazy at times with the you know the uh, expansion draft, all these side deals that are coming out. But it's also been a good night. Um, and I know people are upset about Shirelli and McClellan not winning their awards. McDavid's already won. Ted Lindsay, he's got the Art Ross. He's likely going to win the Hart Trophy. We think. But uh, it, it's a nice feeling to know. Hey, the Oilers, it's another sign that the Oilers have, you know, really turned things around. It's it's great. Well, it's been such a long time. I mean, when you think about it, 1990 was the last time the Oilers won a major award, really, with the Hart Trophy with Mark Messier and also the Conn Smythe that year to Bill Ranford. But, you know, in the time since, you know, there's been a couple of nominations here and there. I mean, recently with McDavid for the Calder and then uh, I guess Ryan Nugent Hopkins as well. But, I mean, it has been a dry spell for, for you know, personal achievements. And, I mean, when you get personal achievements, usually that is part of being a successful team. So, I mean, this is a very good sign, as you mentioned, that this team is uh, on the upswing. And I think we can expect a lot more of this uh, in the future. It's also maybe a good sign that we're, you know, fans are outraged because Peter Chirelli lost the GM of the Year award and Tom McClellan lost the Jack Adams award and people are going, this is a travesty. <laughs> well, I mean, David Poyle, I mean, that's as good of a selection as you can get. First time he's ever won and well-deserved. He's pulled off some major, major trades and also his development as a, as a franchise is second to none, and I mean, he had a really good acceptance speech too when he mentioned his dad, Bud Poyle, who was a longtime NHL executive, and then Cliff Fletcher, who uh, he was uh, in Atlanta with. Uh, Cliff Fletcher hired uh, David Poyle uh, like 45 years ago, so <laughs> a long time ago, and yeah. and really good to, to see the the that David Poyle gets that award. Now we are waiting uh, for the uh, pick 
by the Vegas Golden Knights of the uh, whoever it's going to be from the Edmonton Oilers, and they're they're getting there uh, right now. Mark Mathot has been picked uh, from the Ottawa Senators. Uh, now we've been hearing Griffin Reinhardt all day. There was some talk that maybe Jujar Kara then Corey Hirsch. I don't know if he's just being a goof or whether he's you know onto something here. But he says no one's talking about how the Golden Knights picked Lauren Persuas. And well, that's on the left field. I don't see that happening now because of they because of Calvin Pickard. Yeah, you're not going to take another goaltender like that, and uh, I, I can't see it. I mean, I mean, I think Griffin Reinhardt is is by far and away, and I mean, I think it's been released already, so it will will be Griffin Reinhardt. I'd be shocked if uh, somehow everyone's uh, information is not correct. But uh, out of that draft class in 2012, Griffin Reinhardt is the slowest developing defenseman mm-hmm. uh, when you you can even go down a couple of rounds I mean there's uh, guys that were drafted in second third round that are NHL regulars uh, and Griffin Reinhardt hasn't um, staked that claim yet especially when you you know you look at you know guys like Dumba and things like that they're, they're, those those players were drafted after Griffin Reinhardt and have had our established NHL defenseman and he hasn't uh, taken that step yet so maybe he can do that in uh in vegas maybe he needs more time with their minor league affiliate but uh you know it's a when you think about it the Oilers, if i mean they would have to leave someone and you can look back two years ago at the draft in 2015 when shirelli traded for griffin reinhardt and gave up basically the pick that turned out to be matthew barzell for the seattle and then another second rounder so uh i mean you're not going to be able to keep anyone uh, it's unfortunate that he hasn't progressed uh, as quickly as I think a lot of people in the organization or even the Oil Kings organization thought, but uh, maybe he can uh, find a new chapter in his career in Vegas. I mean, some trades just simply don't work out the way you envision it. So, you know, sometimes you're just going to have to cut your losses, and this is a, a loss that, you know, Peter Shirelli's is going to have to cut. So. And you could so, look at it too, Dave. Yeah. I mean, two years ago, maybe Shirelli had the foresight to look down the road two years, you know, that he's going to have to leave something, you know, Vegas uh, coming into the league. I mean, I don't even know if it was announced at that time, but you know that he was going to have to leave someone unprotected. But uh, maybe Griffin Reinhardt can turn the page on his career and a fresh start is something that he needs. And in fact, the Oilers uh, or the Vegas pick uh, is now up, or the the Vegas now will pick from the Oilers uh, unprotected list. And yes, it is Griffin Reinhardt, so he is now a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. So we all wish him all the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I love talking to Griffin Reinhardt, and most of the time that I talked to him, or actually all of my time that I talked to him, was with the Edmonton Oil Kings. So this is a good kid. So uh, I wish him all the best uh, in Vegas, and we'll see what happens. As we're joined by Global Sports anchor uh, Kevin Carius tonight here on 6:30 Ch inside sports. Uh, this expansion draft's been kind of fun. I've been kind of railing uh, a little bit that insiders kind of spoiled it today mm-hmm. because I, have. So it's like, could, could, could we please for one day just kind of have things quiet until they're actually supposed to reveal the team? I mean, just somehow can you like, Shh. like make Twitter disappear for like an hour or two? That would be nice. A day or two. and I mean, it's just <laughs> ridiculous the amount of tweets that have come out by all the hockey insiders. And, I mean, they're racing against each other. I think what happened in my mind, Dave, is that, you know, the NHL is on board with Rogers because that's what their, their $5.2 billion deal is. They tried to get a lot of the Rogers hockey insiders, so to speak, to kind of keep this under wraps. But then when 
The Bell Media guys went hard at it. Yeah. Uh, Rogers guys are saying, "Hey, we're getting murdered out here. We got to we got to step into the pool." So, in my mind, that's I think what happened there. But I just wouldn't it have been nice to have one night where you can go out and have. I mean, you could still keep it under wraps by just telling the player that who you are selecting. I mean, all these guys that came to Vegas, guys like Garrison, and it's going to be Mark Andre Fleury, and I mean, they brought out Derek England already. So, I mean, they didn't just get there in the last hour or two. They knew that they were going to be part of this team. So, I mean, that was held under wraps until basically this afternoon. So why couldn't it have happened for another six, seven, eight hours? Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, it, this has been fun, though. And what George McPhee is doing here, and, and we, we've never we've never seen this before where, you know, the GM of the expansion team can make all these side deals and and yeah. he's got about at least a half a dozen in the bag and there's been a few of them that have been, you know, announced already. I mean, he gets Riley Smith out of Florida and he also picks Jonathan Marsha, so it was a 30 uh, goal scorer last year. Um, now, they're not going to be very good. They're, they're going to no. be a bottom third team, but my goodness, the, the, the picks that he is acquiring, George McPhee, this could be a team to watch maybe in five, six years. Well, maybe even more than that, but, I mean, they have a lot of work to do. Uh, I'm If I'm another general manager, like, I, I think Garth Snow just got fleeced, you know, so he ends up sending... Oh, really? Yeah, well, <laughs> so he gives a first and second round. If I'm a GM, I'm just... And say, you know what, Winnipeg's given up a first rounder, too. Yeah. I'm kind of going, you know what? We knew that this was happening. We've known for a couple of years. We've got to stock our shelves properly. We've got to make sure that we're developing, guys. Take my guy. We're going to lose someone. Yeah. So if you're telling me that uh, New York, the New York Islanders are going to be a threat to win the Stanley Cup right now, you're crazy. Yeah. Like, there's no possible way. And now you're giving away a first-rounder and a second-rounder so that Vegas doesn't take who? Travis Hamannick or whoever. Pick a guy. Yeah. Doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, before we let you go here, the Eskimos open their season up on Saturday in, in Vancouver. Uh, what's your reasonable expectations for this team? Uh, what Or what excites you about this team? Uh, you know what really excited me was uh, I, I got to watch the, the feed that came down from uh, Winnipeg. So when you were watching the game or doing the game, I kind of had you guys on the radio. Uh, but watching the feed come down in Winnipeg, having said that, it was kind of hard to do both because <laughs> the, the time delay was about, uh, I think you guys were about a play or so behind. So it's kind of hard to watch the one thing, and then you guys are describing something else. Right. But I mean, I I am super excited uh, to see what they do with James Franklin. I I just think that he's played so well here in the preseason, and he looks like an established quarterback already. Do they have to incorporate him somehow in the offense? Uh, even though they have you know one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the league in Mike Riley, do they? spell Mike off a little bit than more than he would like because you know that he doesn't want to come out for any play and what does James Franklin do with the time that he has if he does get an opportunity I I think for uh, you know if anything were to happen to to Mike Riley like it has in the past uh, like when he when he did have that one injury I think that the Eskimos are better off at the quarterback position right now than they have been for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Just with uh, just because I I just think that this guy's ready to be uh, a legitimate starter in the league, and a guy with given the opportunity will be able to uh, take it to that next level. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, you know, my view, if Mike Riley has the, the, the same season he had last year and the year before when he came back from that knee injury, then to me it's a slam dunk. You keep Mike Riley. Mm-hmm. You try and sign James Franklin. I don't know if it, that's going to work. But don't know either, if, yeah. If Mike Riley suffers a injury like he did in 2015 in the opening game, you know, something like that that keeps him out of the lineup for, you know, a half season or more, and James Franklin comes in and lights it up, then you have a dilemma. Then you have th- something to think about. Yeah, for sure. But I, I just think he's such a talent and smart and uh, could be an integral piece of the puzzle for, for a while with this organization or wherever he ends up. But uh, looking forward to, to seeing how things unfold for sure on uh, on Saturday night. Uh, we've got a, a story on uh, uh, Daquan. Who's a, do you know that he's a big guitar player too? I did not know that. Yeah, so Jack Daquan Haskins, Bowers is yeah, who, who you're talking Daquan about, right? Daquan Bowers, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, he, his dad used to play in a kind of a pretty big gospel uh, band, and he actually used to tour with this band when he was a lot younger. I think his dad's passed away a number of years now, but uh, Jack Haskins got the story today of how, um, you know, I mean, he, a pretty raw talent. I mean, when he was coming up, you know, and he's had the opportunity uh to be a great college player and it just didn't work out for him down south but I mean I'd like to see what kind of opportunity he he would get what have you seen of him uh, what would you say Dave as far as what kind of a, a player that he is he's pretty steady and yeah. he's quick and you know I think overall it just it just you know speaks to how this front four you know which was good last year and it was good the year before Man, they're going to be yeah. formidable. And, and you can never have enough depth, as you no. know, right? I mean, you're always rotating guys in and out. Yeah. So, um, but neat story. And then the neat, neat sidebar with uh, uh, about the gospel band and how he used to tour the world with this band because it was quite the uh, a very a very popular gospel kind of orchestra band that went around. So uh, kind of a neat angle there. Good stuff. Kevin, it's a busy night tonight, so get back to work there, buddy. Okay, thanks, Super Dave. Take care, buddy. Take care. Kevin Carries of Global Sports uh, usually comes in on Wednesdays, but uh, it's busy tonight with the expansion draft and the awards, and uh, Connor McDavid is going to be coming up here soon and hopefully winning the Hart Trophy to go along with his Art Ross Trophy and his Ted Lindsay Award. And yes, Peter Shirelli did not win GM of the Year. That went to David Poyle, the National Predators, and the Columbus Blue Jackets head coach John Tortorella won the Jack Adams, beating out uh, Tom McClellan and Mike Babcock, who I thought was going to win. So, anyway. And Griffin Reinhardt has been selected by the Vegas Golden Knights, like has been reported. So, whatever Corey Hirsch was talking about, it was uh, not true about Lauren Pessois. 7.48, back to wrap in a moment. Hey, this is Jordan Everly from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. 7.51. Well done, Kellen Kennedy. How much longer will Jordan Everly be able to say he's a member of the Edmonton Oilers? That's... Ooh. Well, it might might be this weekend. It might be through this weekend. Yeah. It might be into July, August. Could be tomorrow. Could be at training camp. Could be opening uh, opening day uh, on in October there. Never Which is, opening day. by the way, October the fourth against 4th. the uh, Calgary Flames, Ooh. and the uh, at, at Rogers Place. The entire schedule, I believe, will be released tomorrow. Cool. 
So we'll see what uh, what happens there, and when Vegas comes here for the first time, and when we go to Vegas for the first time, that'll be very exciting. Which will be the big ticket in Vegas for anybody. In I could it's like the airport's going to be packed with people going to fly to Vegas. Yeah. To see the Oilers play. No doubt about it. Uh, Major League Baseball tonight. Uh, the Jays uh, now leading 7-3 over the Texas Rangers. Mentioned the Eskimos opening up against the BC Lions on Saturday. Here's head coach Jason Moss on, well, it's a tough matchup. And also it's a little strange because uh, the first game, you don't always get the best look at your opponent, but the Eskimos do have some familiarity with the Lions. Yeah, I mean, we played against them a couple times last year, same coordinator. Um, so, you know, that's, you know, you like to feel that he, whether he changes completely or not, you know, you like to feel good about the schemes they've shown. Um, but at the same time, they're a good, aggressive bunch on, on, on D. Um, and, you know, it's going to take, take a lot to beat them, I think. But uh, I think we've got what it takes. So, um, you know, as far as the rest is concerned, I mean, you, you do watch film for familiarity with personnel, and that's what helps you the most going into a game, your first game, and watching, um, not worrying about the strategy or worrying about the schemes. It's really about the personnel that was playing and trying to figure that out on OD and special teams. Now, running back John White did get hurt today. Uh, looks like he, uh, well, as Jason Moss says, uh, it was during a drill. Yeah, he's fine. I think he just got the wind knocked out of him, um, which is, you know, if that happens, you're going to be out for a few plays anyways. It's good for Perkins to see it, you know, where if John goes down in a game, he's out for three plays no matter what. So, you know, we got our other guys in uh, getting some reps. Um, but, you know, um, you'd hope that doesn't happen in a game, but that's that's part of it. How much better is he uh, this year compared to last year when he's coming off that Achilles and seemed like he was really working his way back from that? And this year, uh, what, what, mar- what differences do you see? with John White not having to have that to, to deal with. Yeah, I just think he's more confident in his body and what he can do out there. I think when he's been in there in our in our practices, um, he's he's played very strong. So uh, I think he's got confidence in his body and what he can do, uh, and he's not as worried about the Achilles. I think anytime you, you've had something like that happen to you, a devastating injury, there's always that in the back of your mind, but I think it's further back in his mind, which is a good thing. So John White is fine. He should be uh, no, uh, no worries, no no, no limitations about uh, starting that game on Saturday in Vancouver against the BC Lions. 6.30 is countdown to kickoff right here on 6.30, Chad. 8 o'clock is the, is the kickoff. Uh, Ladarius Perkins is who uh, Jason Moss was referring to who stepped in for John White when uh, he went down. And what happened was it was during the 12-on-12 drill, uh, White with a good run up the middle, and uh, Gary Peters, one of their defensive backs, uh, just stuck his helmet into his uh, stomach and a little bit bit too aggressive, I would say, uh, for practice. And then uh, White missed... uh, about 15, 20 minutes, and he came back. So no problem there. Eskimos also signing Nate Bahar, their first-round draft pick of this year, fifth overall, ending their uh, contract dispute. Bahar's on his way to Edmonton. Don't know if he'll practice tomorrow or whether he'll uh, practice next week. Uh, Corey says, why would you trade a Jordan Eberle if you don't get value? Says it's stupidity. This is on 630-630. In a perfect world, yeah, I agree with you, but he makes $6 million. He's a 50-point scorer. You need to save cap room because you're signing McDavid to the long deal, however long that deal is going to be. You got dry saddle coming up. You just don't have the cap room, and you just have to take what you can get. You can't take salary back. You got to take less salary, and unfortunately, that's the situation the Oilers are in right now. 
someone gave me some advice here. Don't be on social media if you don't want spoilers. I get it. I understand that. I just, you know, I just would have loved to have been more surprised. I think a few people agree with me there. Anyway, there you go. It's been fun here tonight. And I'll leave you with this. The Big L says, we're all upset about maybe Shirelli not winning GM of the year or McClellan not winning coach of the year. How do you explain that? No other team has ever had as many number one picks. Oh, sorry, wrong one. Uh, those awards are interesting and I'm sure somewhat gratifying, but they're the sizzle to the steak. I'm sure Shirelli would pass on this award to drink from the cup with the rest of the Oilers. The Big L. Thank you very much. Kellen Kennedy, thank you very much. No problem. He's your studio producer. Reed Wilkins is in Chicago. Prowling for chicken wings. Yeah, exactly. Do them right there, Chicago. Brendan Ulrich in this chair tomorrow. Lots of draft coverage. Some Eskimo coverage as well. The draft itself. 5 o'clock is the start time for round one. We have the pre-show right here at 4 o'clock with Reed, Bob, and Jack. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening. My name's Dave Campbell. Good night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.